Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today's episode is featuring another amazing guest with an amazing debt payoff story that I cannot wait for you to hear. We're going to be talking to Miriam Saboka of Millennial Money. Miriam is a German immigrant with Ethiopian heritage and creator of Millennial Money, where she's budgeting, crushing debt, and building generational wealth. Miriam found her passion for financial literacy soon after graduating from college while trying to improve her credit score. Her passion led her to switch careers to become a high school teacher in order to teach young people about the importance of managing their money. Let's find out how Miriam paid off over $16,000 of debt in the last 10 months. All right, Miriam, how are you? Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you. And we're going to get into how you paid off over $16,000 of debt in 10 months, which is just insane to me. But before <laughs> we get into that discussion, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? All right. So I am Miriam. Um, I am behind the IG account Millennial Money. I am 31 years old. I'm a high school educator. 
And um, I'm just really passionate about financial literacy, educating people about, um, you know, just personal finance in general. So I actually do teach personal finance to high school students. And I got serious about paying off debt last summer. And since July 2019, I've paid off $16,000 of debt. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's amazing. And I, I love the fact that you're teaching students financial literacy because nobody's doing that. So how exactly it, do you go about doing that? Exactly. I know. So definitely. I'm, so I live in Virginia and Virginia is actually one of, I think, five states that now requires personal finance education in high school. Um, so that's how I got into teaching personal finance. I used to be an accountant and a financial consultant, and then I switched careers. I went back and got my master's in education because I knew that financial literacy is something that I was passionate about. And I wanted to teach young people, like, basically <laughs> to avoid all the mistakes that I made <laughs> <laughs> along the way, honestly. And if it's, and I, like, I think about it, I wish that's like the class I wish I had when I was in high school. Mm. And the fact that they offer it now is just like mind blowing. So I just wanted to like, help kids and like be absolutely real with them. yeah oh my gosh I wish we had access to that when I was growing up like you said it could have saved us all from so much drama so much drama right exactly <laughs> especially being like children of immigrants but I'm an immigrant myself as well I moved here when I was nine so like my mom like she didn't know anything about any of this stuff and I don't blame her for that but if we had like the school somebody teaching us this then we would have been further along but I'm not like I'm not mad about it, but I'm just happy I know better now so I can like pay it forward. Yes, you're teaching the next generation and starting a wave that hopefully spreads to all 50 states and eventually yes. all over the world. Because I know financial literacy is a universal problem. doesn't matter what it, country you're in. It, it really is. And it's mind blowing to me that it's only five out of 50. Like it needs to mm. be all 50, like you said, honestly. Absolutely. So yeah. I would love for us to get into your relationship with money, what that was like growing up, what did you learn about it, and how you became interested in personal finance. So you touched on, you know, the fact that you're from an immigrant household. So why don't you go ahead and tell us all about that? Yeah, for sure. So both of my parents are from Ethiopia, but I was actually born and raised in Germany, which is like super random. People are always like, what? How did that happen? But that's just like where my parents lived at the time. Um, so I moved to the U.S. when I was about nine, um, but my parents were separated. So my mom was a single parent. And when I was in Germany, I thought like, I mean, I was like below nine. So I never really understood money. I thought we were OK. Like we would go on family vacations, stuff like that. But then when we moved to the U.S., it's kind of when I first realized like, oh, OK, like maybe we don't have as much money as I thought, you know, we did. Um, mm -hmm. We lived with my aunt. Like my aunt had like a huge house. Like I've to this day, that's like one of the biggest houses I've ever seen. It's insane. But we lived in the basement. Um, my mom, again, single parent. My sister and I are only a year apart. So her first job when we moved to the U.S. was at Target. And then she ended up working at Hex, um, which is Macy's bought out. It's like a department store. And now she works for the airline industry. So she's always been in like a customer service type of job. She doesn't have anything above a high school diploma. So she's a single parent trying to make it. Um, you know, in America, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't really, I think I realized that like really, really didn't have that much money because like I would ask her for stuff like for clothes or shoes and things like that. And she would be like, didn't I just buy you some like a few months ago or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I want more, you know? So mm -hmm. as, a kid, as a kid, you know, as a kid, I didn't really understand that. Um, so after 
a year of living like in the US, my sister and I actually, my mom sent us to boarding school. And it's crazy because at the time I was just so resentful. Like, you know, I was like, mom, I can't believe you sent us to boarding school. Like, why would you do that? Um, you know, like I just thought like she didn't want us basically, right? And mm, we ended yeah. up, we, yeah, we ended up spending four years at this boarding school in Virginia. And, you know, later when I got older, I truly understood that the reason that she sent us to the boarding school is because she really couldn't afford to raise us both at the same time while trying to like establish herself in the United States. Oh, and wow. this, yeah, so the, the boarding school was actually like, um, a lot of times people think like it's for like rich people, you know, like rich kids send their kids mm -hmm. off to boarding school. Yeah, I think school. of Donald <laughs> Trump when I think of boarding school. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, it's legit like a, a boarding school that runs off of donations and it's advertised as like a school for kids, like whose parents don't really have much, you know, so they don't charge you anything to go there. It's completely free. They board you, they educate you, you know, all that. So I ended up coming back to live with my mom when I was in ninth grade. So I was in high school and you know, high school is like when you're like, you, Super you're trying rebellious. to be, yeah, you're rebellious. <laughs> and she had two teenage girls that were one year apart. So I don't even, yeah. And as a single mother, I don't know how she did it, honestly. So um, when I was in high school, you know, I'm coming back to public school for the first time and I have to worry about like my clothes and my shoes and I'm trying to fit in and find friends and stuff. So it's all starting to hit me again when I'm like, oh, mom, like I need money for shoes, I need money for clothes and all this. And she's just like, girl, I don't have it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do, you know? So as soon as I turned 16, I got a job. Um, I've been working basically since I've been, actually, I think I was like 15 when I got a job, 15. And I, I basically got a job just so I can buy like cool clothes and cool shoes, right? Just so I can, you know, fit in and... Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. So I was basically, I saw money as a way to buy the things that I wanted. Um, not necessarily like I shouldn't be saving money for college. I didn't really care about stuff like that. I was like, I just want the coolest new shoes, the coolest new clothes. And, you know, so basically when I was a child or younger, like I saw money as this like unattainable thing. I don't want to say unattainable, but basically like we didn't have a lot of it, right? So then once I got a job, I was like, oh yeah, now I have all this money so I can spend it however I want. I didn't have really have that mindset of like, oh no, like you should save some, you should do this. It was kind of like, oh, now I have a little bit of money so I'm gonna go get all of these things that I wasn't able to get before. And that mm -hmm. kind of like, that basically was my mindset <laughs> all the way through like my 20s as well, honestly. So yeah. that's basically, yeah, my relationship with money, how I grew up. So I grew up low income section eight, always had free lunch. And then as soon as I got a little bit of money, I was like, I'm just going to blow this on whatever I want. <laughs> so, well, isn't not that like so typical of many immigrant households, including mine that like, we just are raising this scarcity mindset, right? So it's like, for you're not sure. planning for the future with money. You're just like, when I get it, it's meant to be used because I never have enough. Exactly. And then it just perpetuates the cycle of lack. Exactly. You don't, you're like, I don't have enough and I don't know when I'm going to get more. So I might as well mm -hmm. just spend this now. Yeah. So, and, you know, honestly, that's like still my mom's mindset to this day. So I definitely like, you know, inherited that from her because she's like that too. Like she'll get like a refund or whatever. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'll get this bag or I'll go on this trip or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's, we got to break the cycle for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the debt that you paid off is $16,000. So where did mm -hmm. that come from? Okay. So 
Um, when I first started paying off debt, I was it was last summer. I had forty thousand dollars in debt. Um, mm. Twenty three thousand was student loans. Uh, thirteen thousand in credit cards, and then I had about four thousand dollars left in on my car loan. Mm-hmm. So um, currently, I, my car is paid off. So I've paid off my car. Um, fifth, I think about eight thousand of that is um, my student loans have gone down by eight thousand, and then the rest of it is my credit cards. So right now, I still have um, my student loans left and my credit cards left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. And so your spending habits, like what were they like to get you into $13,000 of credit card debt? Oh, okay. So, you know, it's crazy. I actually had already like paid off my credit cards, like fixed my credit, did all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I want to say like, as soon as I graduated from college, um, I saw my credit score, not as soon as probably like two, two years later, but I saw my credit score. I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is bad. Like, it's so shitty. It's so shitty. And I was like, how do I improve this? So like, I did all this research on how to improve your credit. So I paid off all my credit cards. And I told myself, like, I'm not going to get into credit card debt. What happened was I went back to grad school in 2017. Um, and I kind of like used my credit cards, like, to like, help pay for like my lifestyle. I guess like put mm-hmm. gas in my car, you know, um, get groceries and stuff like that. And my credit card, it was a 0% interest credit card for 15 months. So I just mm-hmm. kept telling myself like, I'm just going to put a little bit and then, you know, I'll pay it off like next month when I get paid for my, I only had a part-time job at the time, but it's just like, I went back honestly and looked at the statements and it was just trying to keep up with my friends. Like I honestly, mm-hmm. That's exactly, that's all it was. Like I ended up going to um, Rolling Loud, which is in Miami. It's like this music festival as soon as I graduated, right? It was, I graduated with my master's, honestly, like that Thursday and then Rolling Loud was on Friday. And I had told myself, <laughs> I, I, I told myself, I was like, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go. It's not like, I can't afford it. But then all my friends were going, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, all my friends are gonna go. I'm gonna miss out on this. So I just put the ticket on my credit card. I was like, I'm gonna pay it off later. It's 0% interest, right? But right. of course that, <laughs> of course that introductory period ran out and the credit card debt was still there. So all of that was basically like that one year I was in grad school, just like mm. stuff, different stuff just building up. So yeah, that's yeah. so hard, especially saying no to things when you know you can't afford them. Like I think peer pressure exactly. plays such a big role in like making us make decisions that we normally wouldn't make if we didn't have that yeah. outside influence. For sure. And it's crazy because the thing is, like, before I went to grad school, I was an accountant and I was, you know, I was making decent money. So now it's like I didn't have a job anymore and I'm in grad school. So it didn't like my mindset, my mindset hadn't completely shifted to like, hey, girl, Mm -hmm. we need to be frugal now. We don't have money. okay? so (laughs) but yeah, yeah. it's an important (laughs) conversation to have with ourselves when things change in life. (laughs) For real. For sure. Oh, man. Okay, so you realize at some point, okay, this cannot continue. So can you talk about like what your light bulb moment was or what motivated you or inspired you to make a change in how you were handling your money? Oh, yeah, for sure. So last summer, um, I was just hanging out. So last summer was the first summer, at, like my first year of teaching, that was the first summer I had like off, right? So I didn't have to work, I had nothing to do. So I wasn't really doing much, like I wasn't really spending a lot of money or anything. But my friend, um, she randomly sends me this video of her friend. Her, it's her 
one of her friends that she got her PhD with. And it's a girl on YouTube. Her name is um, Shayna. Her channel is like the Wealth Vibe. She has an Instagram as well, but she's not like that um, active on Instagram. But her YouTube <laughs> video basically was like she paid off $58,000 in debt in 18 months, right? And I was just like, what? <laughs> How can you pay? <laughs> I was just like, dude, like, this is insane. Like, how could anybody do this, you know? And right. I was watching her video and she's talking about how like she side hustled, she did like DoorDash and um, she does all different types of like, she does consulting, whatever. Like she had like so many side hustles basically. And I was just so impressed, you know? And I was just like, okay, if somebody can pay off that much debt in 18 months and I have less debt than her and I'm sure she's making more than me, but still I am sure if I like sit down and look at the numbers, I can somehow like figure out a plan to like get out of debt. And then around the same time, I heard Tiffany, the budgetista, on um, a podcast. And it's not a finan- it's not a personal finance podcast. It's just like one of those like pop culture, like, you know, podcasts. And she yeah. was just a guest on there. And she was just, you know, talking about all these different things. And um, I was just like, what am I doing? You know, I was like, come on. Like, I literally, I seriously, like, I felt like a fraud. I'm not going to lie. Because I teach kids about personal finance, right? I teach them like, hey. Don't go into credit card debt. It's literally the worst thing ever. You know, interest rates are out the ass. Like, don't do it. Like, you know, think Mm -hmm. about student loans. Like, don't get into too much student loans. But here I am. I'm 30 years old and I have $40,000 of debt. What am I doing to, like, actively pay this off? Like, you know what I mean? So that's when I was just like, I don't want to be in debt forever. Like, I'm trying to build generational wealth. Like, I don't want to, I don't want my kids to have the same story that I have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have. I just, I just know so much more, you know, I have so much more knowledge and I should be doing better. So that's when Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like get it together. So yeah, that's, that was July, 2019. So shout out to the budget Nista. I need to have her on the show. I'm obsessed with her life. I I seriously love her so much. And I think she's from New Jersey. So that makes us cousins, right? Yeah, she's from Jersey. (laughs) She was a preschool teacher in Jersey for like 10 years or something. And she still lives there. I'm pretty sure she lives in Jersey. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I got to reach out to her team. That would be freaking Mm -hmm. amazing. (laughs) All right. So so let, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about your game plan. How did you get started and like how much total debt you've paid off and what strategies Mm -hmm. did you use? All right. So I went to the Budgetista's website and she was talking about on the podcast how she has all these different like free email programs where you can like, you know, they're basically jumpstart you, you know, on like getting you on the right like mindset and the track to pay off debt. So I went to her website and she has a bunch of little challenges called the live excuse me, live richer challenges. And I, I signed up for one and every day they send you something into your email and it's like, it's different. Pro- like they'll like give you a little bit of information and then at the end of it, it'll give you like a prompt or like a task, you know? And mm-hmm. one of them, like the first one was like, list out all your debt um, from like highest to lowest or whatever, put your interest rate, all these other things. Then the next day, maybe she'll tell you to like, you know, make a budget. The next day it'll be like, oh, now call all your like, the people like your cell phone company, your cable company, and see if they offer any discounts. So I started with that. Um, but then I just like looked at the numbers and I just saw that like, you know, so, so much of my debt was going to interest. I mean, so much of my payments were going to interest. So I tried to um, figure out a way how I can get my interest lowered. So the first thing I did honestly was my, I, I only have two credit cards. I 
transferred both of the balances to a new credit card. So I wouldn't, um, I'm not gonna like advise this to everybody, but it was something that's worked for me. So basically what I did was one of my balances, I think was like 6,000 or something like that. So that one I transferred to this card called the City City Simplicity card. And at the time they were offering 21 months with zero interest if you transferred the balance over there. So that basically, um, so I put myself on a 21 month like payment plan for that credit card, right? Because it now I have this um, 21 months where I'm not paying any interest on this credit card. So I divided like 6,000 by 21 and I pay like that much towards that credit card every single month. Another thing I did was I refinanced my student loans. So I took all my federal um, loans and then I refinanced them through SoFi so I could get a lower interest rate. So that way when I'm making like these bigger payments, it's actually like reducing the principal by a lot more and not just like getting eaten up by interest. So yes. yeah, that's that's like a few things I did. So my game plan right now is um, I pay, I have like my credit cards on this balance transfer. So they're basically on a deadline that I need to pay them off within a certain period of months, right? So I pay like whatever that amount is. So for example, um, it's, I think the one card that's like 21 months, I need to pay like $350 a month in order for mm -hmm. it to be paid off in 21 months. So I pay that. And then I'll, any extra money that I have, I just put towards. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. My student loans, because that's the debt that actually has interest. That's the only debt that's accruing interest currently because my credit cards are on that balance transfer. So that's my strategy. I pay the amount on those credit cards like that will have them paid off by the balance transfer deadline. And then any extra money I have, I just throw at my student loans to decrease those as much as possible. 
That's awesome. And I love the strategies that you shared. I'm such a big fan of refinancing. I did mm -hmm. the same thing. I actually refinanced my student loans four times in two oh, years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people um, right now, honestly, like I'm a little bit sad that I refinanced them just because of like, you know, COVID-19 and how yeah. the federal, <laughs> federal student loans are like on a freeze. But there's no way I would have known that that was going to happen. But no, that's honestly, if you are, if you can refinance, you know, then you should definitely do it. Just make sure that you like, you know, you weigh the pros and cons because um, one of the cons, for example, is now that everybody's on a federal, you know, the federal student loan freeze, like because mine is a private loan now, I don't qualify for that. So there's like mm -hmm. different, definitely some cons, but I mean, I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons if you're trying to get rid of that debt fast. Yeah, for sure. Because there is no way to refinance federal loans with the federal government. You get the rate that you get and you're exactly. stuck with it. So. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I love the idea of the balance transfers. I know not everybody's a big fan of this, but yeah. I have actually taken advantage of it several times throughout my debt mm -hmm. payoff journey. Most recently when I had like a lot of expenses that were related to me moving from New Jersey to Florida that I just yeah. did not have in my budget. And yeah. so I was able to put those expenses on an 18 month, 0% interest credit card and like not be stressed out about, oh my God, like here's $10,000 worth of expenses, like getting freaking interest. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to handle all this other stuff. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Right. And it's all about discipline, right? Are you going to be disciplined enough to be able to pay that off within the 18 months or the 21 months? Right. Because right. that's because if you can't, then it's, it's kind of like, there's, I don't think there's no point, you'll still have like that 0% interest. But yeah, just have a plan, definitely. But I agree mm -hmm. with you, because sometimes like, you know, things happen, like you don't have the money um, for what you need. And it's not the worst idea to get a 0% card if you can pay it off within the time limit, so time mm -hmm. period. But but you're so right, like people are so anti <laughs> in this I mean, space for it sure. It just depends because like, you know, there are fees obviously associated with those balance transfers for the most yeah. part too. Unless yeah, you're lucky sure. to find an offer that has a 0% transfer fee, yeah. which I have encountered rarely, but it does happen. So yeah. you just have to do a cost to benefit analysis. Analysis, and for sure. Are those fees worth what you're trying to do? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because um, the fees that I've seen are like 3 or 5%. And of course, that's like when compared to out of 6,000, like, yeah, that's a lot. And then, like you said, like I did a cost benefit analysis. So like if I keep it here, and this is accruing like 20% interest every single month, like the, the fee is going to be less than the interest that I'm accumulating. But yeah, definitely look at the fees before you decide to balance transfer, for sure. Yes. All right. So you are in process of your debt payoff journey. Have you like encountered any obstacles? You know, um, honestly, I've only been on, I don't say only, but because it's, it's always, it's been almost a year since I've been doing this now. And I haven't encountered any like huge setbacks. I've just had to like reprioritize a little bit. Like um, when I first started this, I was like, okay, every single dollar is going towards my debt. Like I'm not doing anything else. Like I'm just going to, you know, focus on my debt free journey. But now like I'm moving into a new apartment this summer. So I had to like set aside some of my money so I can, you know, save for moving costs. Like, you know, there's a lot of fees up front when you're trying to get an apartment. Plus just like, costs associated with moving. So I decided, you know, I'm going to save a little bit for that. And then the other thing is, um, I am going to launch a money coaching uh, program this Ooh. summer. Exciting. 
I know, I'm excited. So, you know, I had to like set up some things for that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm making a website and other different, you know, little things that I have to pay for. So I decided I'm going to invest, you know, in that business as well. So I'm still paying off debt. I'm just not like for the past few months, I haven't like aggressively been putting towards my debt just because there are these other things that I want to do. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. You know, I am a firm believer of you need to enjoy your life because mm-hmm. on, on this debt, listen, this debt-free journey can get real, <laughs> it can get real discouraging at times because you're just like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Like, because a lot of these, I don't want to say a lot of these, you know, there are some personal finance people that will tell you like, oh, if you're in debt, all you need, all you can do is like pay your debt. Like don't live your life. But it's just like, you only have one life. So you need to be doing stuff that makes you happy. So this money coaching program is going to make me happy moving into my apartment is going to make me happy so i'm okay with like putting money towards that for right now and still putting money towards my debt as well but these are things that i enjoy so for sure and you're investing in yourself which is so important exactly 100 percent. yep and i love i think you're working with judy from hear me finance right yes Uh uh-huh yep i am so i love love what judy says like you need to celebrate every time you accomplish something small and that doesn't need to mean like you know you pay off your debt so you're gonna go and spend ten thousand dollars to go to bali Mm -hmm. to celebrate like you little celebrations exactly by just being grateful and just being like mindful about the amazing stuff that you're exactly i agree and that's why i'm like i have to like I'm a big numbers person. So I'll like look at my debt numbers and I'll like, I'll compare it to like where I was three months ago, or, you know, I'll look at percentages of like, Oh, I've paid off this many, like this much percent of my debt or whatever. And it's like, it gets, it's real easy to get discouraged. Like, especially if you have a lot of debt, but you have to celebrate every little thing because you really, Mm -hmm. you, you've come a long way, honestly. Yeah. I love Judy because she has like dance parties for everything. And I'm like, (laughs) Girl, you crazy, but she's right. Like you yeah. gotta celebrate stuff. I love it. Yeah, you she's... do. That that's what keeps you motivated along the way, right? <laughs> exactly, a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, definitely, I agree. All right. So now that you are crushing your own debt-free journey, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get control of their finances but just doesn't even know where to start? Yeah. Okay. So honestly, the first thing you have to do is just face the number like you have to just sit down and just write out all of your debt whether you want to do it on pen or paper or you want to do it on a spreadsheet or anything like that I think once you look at the number that's when you're you're going to either you're going to be motivated or you're going to be discouraged but it's okay either either one is fine you know what I mean but you have to mm-hmm. face that number you need to like understand where you are and um also you need to like why why do you want to pay off debt like like Mm -hmm. what is what is your purpose you know what I mean like for me it's because I am like I'm first generation I want to build wealth for myself and my family I want to I'm gonna have to help my parents when they retire it's just you know there's so many different factors and I just I don't want my kids to like you know live the kind of life that I lived basically and the, that why is going to be, you know, the, the basically the guiding light throughout your journey, right? It's going to keep you focused. It's going to keep you motivated when you're discouraged, when you want to cry. Please cry also. <laughs> Just let your emotions, <laughs> it's it's okay, you know, like feel all the feels, but your why is going to keep you motivated, right? That's going to be your, 
the reason why you're doing this, when you're discouraged, you're going to, you know, think back on your why. So face your, once you uh, look at your number, uh, decide on how you want to attack your debt. There are different, so many different payoff methods. Um, you know, debt snowball is you pay off the lowest number first because it's like, it gives you like um, a sense of satisfaction and people like that. Uh, debt avalanche is like you pay the highest interest first. And I'm a numbers person, so I don't want to like pay extra to interest. Or you can just do whatever, like a custom type of payoff. So that's I feel like that's what I'm doing. Like I'm doing like the balance transfer. Technically, I'm paying more than the minimum on those credit cards and putting extra towards my student loans. Like it's just you know it's really whatever you feel comfortable doing. You definitely need to have a budget. Um, and people, I think a lot of when I tell my friends like they'll ask me to do something, I'm like I'm on a budget, and they're like oh, okay, like. People think like you're broke or, you know, you're poor because you're on a budget, but you're really honestly like empowering yourself and your money with your budget because you're really telling, you're, you're taking control of your money and you're telling your money where to go. So the mm -hmm. budget, you know, it's just like, it's just like, honestly, once I sat down and budgeted, I was just like, it's really not even that bad. Like I can still like go out and eat. I can, you know, do these things. It's just in moderation. Like don't be, don't do it in excess. Like don't go out and spend two, three hundred, four hundred dollars on buying new clothes every month. You don't need those clothes. Like I mean you might, but do you I don't know, just it's it's all I'm not judging. I'm just saying just evaluate your your spending and your own lifestyle. And I think um one of the most important things which we've already touched upon is like just create fun within your budget as well. You need to have something that's gonna keep you happy. Like not just on this debt-free journey, but in life. Like if you're a person that enjoys books, you know, put in your budget that, you, you know, you can get, you buy two, three books a month. I don't know. If you like, like coffee, put, like, and you don't want to make your own, put that in your budget, like put mm -hmm. coffee in your budget. You know, it's just like, you need to enjoy your life. I love to travel. So I put that in my budget. I make sure I have like, like I put a certain amount of money towards my travel fund every single month so that I can travel during the summertime. So I think that's another thing, put, you know, um, some type of fun in your budget. And then the last thing is you need an accountability buddy. You need somebody that's going to keep you, um, like, on track, you know what I mean? Somebody that's going to check in with you or somebody that you check in with and that, you know, you tell them about your goals. Like, when I was first on this debt-free journey, I only told, like, three people about it. I told my boyfriend, mm -hmm. I told my best friend, and I told my sister. Like, I didn't tell anybody else. Honestly, I was a little... I don't want to say I was embarrassed. I was not embarrassed because I was in debt, but I didn't really want to share like like all that. It's it's very intimate, you know what I mean? So you don't have yeah. to. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 
tell the you don't have to tell the whole world about it. You don't have to make an Instagram account about it. Um, you can, you know, like I did that at the beginning, and I was anonymous for a really, really long time. Like nobody saw my face, and I was because like I was, I don't, I was ashamed. You know, I was like, I don't want anybody that I know to find this and see, like you know, like how much debt I have, etc. But mm-hmm. just find like one person. You really only need that one person that that's gonna keep you accountable. So. All right, so just to recap, because I just talked a lot. <laughs> face, <laughs> face the number, create a budget, budget in some fun, and find yourself an accountability partner. This is all excellent, excellent advice. And I think if you listen to this and you take nothing else away but those four steps, you will be on the road to tackling and getting rid of your debt. And I especially love your advice about an accountability buddy, because the same way that we talked before about how, you know, there's a lot of bad influences out there. There can also Mm -hmm. be a lot of good influences. And it's just about surrounding yourself with the people that are going to push you to be better, right? That's what this is all about. Exactly. For sure. And it could be somebody, it doesn't even have to be, like, say you make an Instagram account, like, I'm just going to give a quick, quick story, like, example real quick. There's a girl that DM'd me and was like, I'm sorry if this sounds really weird, but could we do, like, monthly Zoom check-ins to, like, keep me accountable on this one financial goal that I have? And oh, that's honest, awesome. You know what I mean? And honestly, if this was, like, my personal, you know, account and some random person, like, DM me, I'd be like, dude, you're a freak. What are you doing? <laughs> But this is like, you know, my Instagram that I talk about personal finance. I was like, yeah, girl, let's do it. And we've met like three times the past three months. Like she shared with me what her goal is. She wants to pay off some car, like one of her cards by the end of the year. This is how much she has to put towards that card every month to pay to make that goal. And we've been checking in once a month for the past three months. And I think it's awesome. Like it's it's hard to reach out to a random person. But if you really, there's nobody in your life that you feel like, you want to share that with them yet, then I don't know, just reach out to somebody on Instagram and be like, hey, you want to be accountability friends? Don't that be, is like- so true. <laughs> <laughs> I love the debt-free community on Instagram because yeah, I feel too. like we are just like family, even though none of us have ever met for the most part. Like there's just this sense of community and just us all kind of like pushing each other to be better and sharing our successes and sharing our failures. And it's just like such an empowering space. I know. I love it so much. It's, it's really, like you said, it's like family and it's, there's, I don't often encounter much negative, like negativity in the DFC. I feel like everybody is so just like, and they're so helpful too. You know what I mean? Like if you like slide into somebody's DMs, and they'll answer your question for the most part. Like everybody is, like you said, we're empowering each other and we're helping each other because we all have common goals. And we know that us reaching our goals is not going to take away from like other people reaching their goals or like saying like, you know, if I root for you, it's not going to take away from me reaching my goals. You know what I mean? So all of us like helping each other out is, yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Definitely. So speaking of empowerment, what is your money mantra? All right. So I have like three things that I always say, like millennial money is about, and it's budgeting, crushing debt and building generational wealth. So it's not really like, I guess, a money mantra, but those are the three things that I feel like are like the key to what I'm trying to do. Like, yeah, Yeah, you know your mission. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So where can we find out more about you and follow your journey, Miriam? Thank you for being here. 
Of course, of course. So you can follow me on Instagram at Millennial Money. So it's M E L A N N I A L and then Money. Um, that's where I'm at. Like I document my whole debt free journey. I post my monthly budgets. You know how much debt I've paid off, um, etc. And you can also find me. Um, my website actually is is live now. Um, so you Yay. can go to my website. Yeah. You can go to my website. It's millennialmoney.com. If you go to my Instagram, you can also just click on the links and it'll take you to my website. And you can also email me if you want at millennialmoney, millennialmoney at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you can DM me. I'm always like, I always respond to people. Like, I just want to help as many people as possible. So please feel free to reach out to me. Well, I feel the teacher in you comes out when you talk about money. Like you are so on point with just sharing information that is impactful and meaningful. And I, I know I'm rooting for you and your DFC and (laughs) in your debt free journey. I'm so excited to see you win. And I'm so excited to see you launch your business and just keep changing lives by sharing this information and being an inspiration to others. So thank you so much for what you're doing. No, thank you so much for having me. And you too, this man, this podcast is so amazing. I remember when thank I you. first, when we first found each other, I don't even remember when or how that happened, but I remember I was listening to it and I was just like, yeah, this is amazing. Plus the name is amazing. <laughs> like the name is so cool. It, like it just, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. And yeah, I love all like what you've done so far and congratulations on all you're doing. I'm also rooting for you. I saw that you had 11,000. Is it 11,000 now? Downloads? Yeah. Yes. We're ticking. (laughs) Yes, we are. You go, girl. But thank you so much for having me. Yep. As a reminder, if you're loving the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. That way, amazing listeners like you can find us too. We want everybody out here being poderosa with their money. And so if they know about us, they can start doing that too. If you don't already follow us on social media, make sure that you follow the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and even TikTok. Yep, we're doing TikToks too. And don't forget to visit the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast blog where you can find episode show notes as well as personal finance articles, news about events, and more. Until next time, guys, stay thrifty, stay strong, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.